We've already seen that a lot of people believe that Christianity and Islam are basically the same. But are they? Can we prove that they are or aren't? We're going to talk about that today and more on BibleStudyPodcast.org starting now. Hello and welcome everybody to BibleStudyPodcast.org. I'm your host, Toby Logsdon, and today is Wednesday, August the 15th. That means we are halfway through August, people. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. This month is just flying by. Time is is really flying by, and I've only got less than two weeks until school starts for me. Oh well, uh... I'll make do with the time that I've got left this summer, and I'm just happy to have a little bit of a break from from my studies. But uh, anyway, I hope you guys are having a great week, and everybody's feeling blessed this week, despite the fact that, man, it is hot everywhere. It's it's so hot here. I went out to mow my backyard the other day, and uh, I decided I was only going to mow about half of it. So it looked, for a day anyway, it looked like my yard had a mohawk or something. It was just so hot out there, and I went out at like 7.30 at night. I mean, you know, it was still like 95 degrees and extremely humid. So anyway, hopefully we get some relief from that pretty soon. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about the differences between Christianity and Islam. And I, before I get started, I want to encourage you to listen in next week. Because next week, I've got a very special guest who has some hands-on experience witnessing to Muslims. In fact, he went up to Michigan at the beginning of the summer and actually witnessed to literally, you know, hundreds and thousands of, of Muslims up there. So we're going to have him, and I'm going to be asking him some questions next week, and I want you guys to be able to ask him some questions too. So if you have any questions pertaining to the differences between Christianity and Islam, or how to reach Muslims, uh, you know, anything along those lines, shoot that email over to me, and I'll, you know... If time allows and, and it's a it's a question that everybody could benefit from, you know, I'll go ahead and ask that question to my friend. So um, anyway, you can just go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and down on the right-hand side, you'll see a little contact box. And this is uh, something that Jamie just recently added. You can actually write to me directly from the front page of BibleStudyPodcast.org. Anyway, I think the whole thing... Next week is going to be such a blessing. We're going to talk about ways to reach Muslims next week. So let's just go ahead and get this week started with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we thank you for this day and for this opportunity, Lord, to uh, to see a picture of our culture, Lord, and to see what sets you apart from every other religion, what sets you apart from Islam specifically, Lord. And we just thank you for that, uh, for this opportunity, and we pray that you would guide us and lead us into wisdom for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as I had mentioned a couple weeks ago when we started this series on Islam, there are several aspects of Christian belief and Christian doctrine which I believe you know we can we can compare against Islam because they have uh, beliefs of the same things, such as God, um, the human condition, Jesus, and uh, and salvation. Those are those are four things that both religions have a view on. But what I wanted to do for this podcast is to compare and contrast 
the the Christian belief versus the Islamic belief in those key categories. Now, what I'm going to be doing for Christianity is I'll be quoting out of the Bible and supporting our views and our beliefs with the Bible. And for Islam, what I'll be doing is using the Quran for uh, for supporting what they believe. So let's go ahead and start with God, and let's talk about what we believe about God. First of all, you know, as Christians, we believe in a monotheistic God, that is, one God. We believe that there is only one God. But at the same time, we also believe that God is three persons. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And uh, those three persons consist of one substance and one nature, three persons. We also assert that that God is the creator and the sustainer of the universe and, and everything in the universe. And we believe that God is holy, perfect, righteous, and, and just. We believe that God is omniscient, meaning he has knowledge of all things. He is omnipotent, meaning he has the power to do anything. And he is omnipresent, meaning he is in all places. And on top of that, God is also sovereign. You know, God is also all-loving, desiring that all persons would accept him and believe in him. But part of him being all-loving is that he allows all persons to have the freedom to choose to accept or reject his grace. And, of course, these beliefs are all supported by uh, by verses such as Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's the creator of all things. Psalm 18.30 tells us, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. So we believe that he is totally perfect. He's totally righteous. Job 21.22 says, Can anyone teach God knowledge? The the answer to that, of course, is no, uh, because God is knowing of all things. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So we believe that he is all loving and that he has desired that all men would repent and come to him. First John 4.16 says God is love. So we believe that God is all loving. He is righteous. He's holy. He's all of these things. Now, there are a lot of objections to those things, uh, and, and we're not going to get into that here. Those are, those are things that we can address someplace, you know, some other time. But let's also talk about the Islamic view of God. Now, like Christianity, Islam is a monotheistic religion. They believe that Allah uh, and Allah alone is the creator and sustainer of the universe, and that he is omniscient. That is, he's all-knowing. They believe that too. Also, Islam asserts that there is no mediator between humankind and Allah. Of course, uh, the Bible tells us that there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Jesus Christ. Well, in Islam, Allah is Allah by himself. There is no mediator. While he's proclaimed as being merciful and just, his relation to the standard of righteousness is different from the way we view God as being the standard of righteousness. For Islam, Allah is above the standard of righteousness, and for Christianity, God is the standard of righteousness. And that's one one key difference. Another thing is, 
Allah appears at times uh, to be portrayed as arbitrary yet sovereign. He can do whatever he pleases, although he's described as being perfect nonetheless. Whereas in Christianity, God is only capable of being ultimately righteous. And of course, for Christianity, God cannot do uh, as he pleases, or he can. But because he is the standard of righteousness, he cannot sin. He cannot do evil. But in Islam... He is sovereign. He can do whatever he pleases, even if it's evil. Whatever he does is good, necessarily. And that's called voluntarism, uh, which basically asserts that whatever God does or whatever Allah does is good. And it's not that Allah only does good, if that makes any sense. Basically, Allah determines what is good, whereas the Christian God does only what is good because what is good isn't determined, it's just part of his nature. So some key verses from the Quran for the Islamic view, uh, starting with Surah 3, verse 191. Those who remember Allah standing and sitting and lying on their sides and reflect on the creation of the heavens and the earth. Our Lord, thou hast not created this in vain. And of course, that's saying that Allah is the creator of the universe. We agree with that as Christians. We, we agree with that. Uh, Surah 6, verse 61 says, And he is the supreme above his servants, and he sends keepers over you. Until when death comes to one of you, our messengers cause him to die, and they are not remiss. So that is, he is sovereign. He's above his creation. He's above his servants. Uh, and, and we agree with that. We agree that he is above creation. He's sovereign. We agree with that. Surah 7, verse 181 says, And to Allah alone belong all perfect attributes. So call him by these, and leave alone those who deviate from the right way with respect to his attributes. So they believe that he is perfect. Well, we believe that he's perfect also, that, that his attributes are all perfect. And finally, one other verse is Surah 42, verse 11, which says, There is nothing whatever like unto him. He is the one that hears and sees all things. And, you know, of course, we believe that too. He knows and sees all things. But the problem is that, uh, again, the main difference is that Allah is arbitrary. He can do whatever he wants. While he's viewed as being perfect by Islam, Allah has the freedom to cause evil, and he's portrayed as choosing to forgive some, but not others, in an arbitrary manner. For example, if you look at Surah uh, 2, verse 284. So, if Allah is just, how can it be that he can force some to choose, and he'll forgive those people, while predetermining that he will punish others? I don't believe that's very just at all. There's no freedom of choice there. You know, most would disagree that this is an accurate reflection of what it means to be just. So, again, the main difference is that Allah is voluntaristic, and God is righteous all around. Another example of that is Surah 3.32 which reads, God will love you. God is of forgiving, most merciful. But then you read verse 33, and that says, God loveth not those who reject faith. So love and mercy are not of the essence of Allah. Of course, love and mercy are two of the essential natures of the Christian God. He loves everybody. He loves them equally. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not we choose to accept his love. And as a matter of fact, 
Muslim apologists have acknowledged that there is a contradiction in the nature of Allah here. There's one uh, that I've got here in front of me who, who wrote, there is probably no other point of doctrine on which equally contradictory teachings can be derived from the Quran as on this one. So obviously, Allah and God are not the same. That's the first difference between Christianity and Islam. They're not the same. Next, let's talk about the human condition. Now, according to Christian theology, we as, as humans or mankind was created by God and placed in the Garden of Eden. And it should be noted that mankind's sin of disobedience to God in the Garden of Eden was a result of his freedom to choose. Adam and Eve freely chose not to obey God. And the act of disobedience was caused by neither God nor Satan. That was something that they both chose to do on their own free will. So as a result of Adam's disobedience to God, he experienced spiritual death. And that's Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. Uh, and that was the consequence of his sin. And so as a result of his sin, sin uh, corrupted all of humanity, beginning with Adam and Eve and affecting every generation of, of humans following after them. So some key verses for this, you know, the, for the depravity of man. We believe that, that uh, mankind has a sin nature, and we can support that with verses such as Romans 3.23, which says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned as a result of Adam's sin. Now, the Islamic view of the human condition is totally different. In Islam, uh, you know, they accept the story of the fall of mankind, beginning with Adam in the Garden of Eden, but in their story, humankind didn't consequently inherit a sinful nature. Rather, according to the Quran, Adam was forgiven and restored rather than being permanently cast out of the Garden of Eden. So in Islam, there is no sinful nature when there's no inclination for man to sin. And instead, mankind has the ability to choose or reject the guidance of Allah. And of course, even that is totally contradictory to what we just saw. Allah will choose whom he chooses and will, you know, punish everybody else. Um, some key verses for the human condition for Islam. Surah uh, 2, verses 36 and 37 say, But the shaitan, that is Satan, made them both fall from it. Got that? Made them both fall from their, uh, as a result of their sin and caused them to depart from that state in which they were. And we said, get forth, some of you being the enemies of others and there is for you in the earth an abode and a provision for a time. Then Adam received some words from the Lord, so he turned to him mercifully. That is, the Lord turned to Adam mercifully. Surely he is oft returning to mercy, the merciful. Again, that's Surah 2, verses 36 and 37. Surah 20, verses 121 through 23 say, Then Adam and Eve both ate of it, so their evil inclinations became manifest to them. And they began to cover themselves with leaves in the Garden of Eden, and Adam disobeyed his Lord, so his life became evil. Then the Lord chose him, so he turned to him, so, so Allah turned to him and guided him, guided Adam. He said, get forth you two therefrom, all of you, one of you is enemy to the other, so there will surely come to you guidance from me. Then whoever follows my guidance, he shall not go astray 
or be unhappy. So, uh, so there's there's a totally different effect there. If you listen to those verses, you know, first of all, Satan caused Adam and Eve to sin, whereas in Christian theology there is free will. Adam and Eve freely chose to disobey God. Secondly, uh, Adam was restored as a result of Allah's grace according to Islam. Whereas we believe that, you know, they were they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden and consequently sin entered the human race. So there is definitely a difference between uh between the Islamic view and the Christian view. Christian theology uh claims that, you know, all of mankind has been corrupted by a sinful nature as a result of Adam's disobedience, but Islam Islam views all persons as being basically good, but we're rebellious toward Allah anyway. Uh, and that doesn't make any sense to me because it doesn't explain why all persons choose to sin. Surah 18.28 says, Do not follow him whose heart we have made unmindful to our remembrance. And this is you know, just another point of difference between Islam and Christianity. Islam asserts that God makes somebody unmindful to remembering God. So he's actually causing evil. But in Christianity, you know, if you read Habakkuk uh, 1.13, it says that God's eyes are too pure to look on evil. He cannot tolerate wrong. Further, James 1.13 says that uh, basically God does not cause or entice one to sin as God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So regarding the human condition, obviously there's a huge difference between Christianity and Islam. The next point I want to look at is Jesus. Now, according to Christian theology, of course, uh, Jesus is not only the central figure of the entire Bible, but he is God incarnate as a man. He's, he's God himself, whose nature was fully man and fully God, simultaneously and unequivocally. He was God. And while Jesus is recognized by Christians as a great moral teacher, uh, Christian theology recognizes him as much more than that. He's not just a teacher. He is God. He proclaimed himself as the Son of God, equal to God the Father in both nature and substance. Further, uh, Christianity proclaims that Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the one and only means of salvation, and that without faith in Jesus, there is no forgiveness for our sins. It's also significant to note that the uh, the Christians believe that Jesus was completely sinless, and that he died on a cross. He was resurrected, and he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. In fact, the crucifixion and the resurrection are central to Christian theology. And let's get some verses supporting that. First of all, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that is, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 14.6 says, uh, Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to God the Father but through me. Romans 3 verses 22 through 24 say, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for those who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 2 and 3 say, I delivered to you 
as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he raised on the third day. And of course, we read later on in uh, in that same chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. The Bible also says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Now, let's contrast that with the Islamic view of Jesus. And yes, uh, Jesus is in the Quran. They call him Isa in the Quran. They outrightly deny that the nature or substance of Jesus is one with God. Instead, what Islam asserts is that Jesus is, he's a prophet, and he's under Muhammad as, as far as status goes, but, uh, but his status is similar to that of the prophets who preceded him, such as Moses and Abraham. And as such, um, Islam denies the notion that Jesus is a mediator between mankind and God, and they reject the Christian belief of salvation through faith in Jesus. On top of that, the Quran it just outrightly rejects the events recorded in the Bible as being historically accurate. It asserts that Jesus was not crucified, uh, and what it basically says instead is that a substitute died on the cross in Jesus' place. And rather than dying on the cross, Jesus was swept up or, or raptured into heaven in you know the same way that people like Enoch and uh, Elijah were, were swept up into heaven. And that one day Jesus is going to return to convert the whole world to the religion of Islam. That's according to the Quran. And some key verses from the Quran which support that. First of all, Surah uh, 4, verse 163 says, Surely we have revealed to you as we revealed to Nah, that's Noah, and the prophets after him, and we revealed to Abraham, that's Abraham, and Ishmael, and Isaac, and uh, Jacob, and the tribes, and Esau, that's Jesus, and Ayub, I'm not sure who Ayub is, and Yunus and Harun and Suleiman, and we gave to Dawud. Now, that's David. Da- uh, Dawud is, is David. I'm not sure who some of those others are, but obviously, Isa is right in the middle of that. So Jesus, for them, is right, you know, he's got the same status as these other prophets who came before him. Uh, the next one is Surah 4, verse 171, which says, O followers of the book, and that is the New Testament or the, the Bible, do not exceed the limits in your religion. Do not speak lies against Allah, but speak the truth. The Messiah, Isa, son of Miriam, uh, Jesus, son of Mary, is only an apostle of Allah, and his word, which he communicated to Miriam and a spirit from him, believe therefore in Allah and his apostles, and say not, Three, uh, in other words, we deny the Trinity. Uh, desist, it is better for you. Allah is only one God. Far be it from his glory that he should have a son. Whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth is his. And Allah is sufficient for a protector. So there they outrightly deny that Jesus uh, has anything in common with God, but rather that God is above Jesus, not equivalent to Jesus. And they outrightly deny the Trinity right there. Uh, Surah 112 verses 1 through 4 says, Say he, Allah is one. Allah is he on whom all depend. He begets not... And, of course, that uh, that goes against John 3.16, which says, His only begotten Son, nor is He begotten, and there is none like Him. So, obviously, you know, they have this view of Jesus, that Jesus is just a prophet, He's just a servant of God, and He's actually 
inferior in status to Muhammad. So it's clear that the, the Christian and the Islamic views of Jesus are totally different. And as a matter of fact, Christians, according to the Quran, Christians who believe that Jesus was God in the human flesh are guilty of blasphemy. You can find that in Surah 517 or 573. So logically speaking, you know, either Jesus was the son of God or he was not. The law of the excluded middle allows for no other you know, possibilities. There are no other options. Either he was God in flesh or he was not. So a Christian would believe that he is, and a Muslim would believe that he is not. So how can they both be true at the same time? Simply put, they can't both be true. We don't believe the same things they believe regarding Jesus whatsoever. Now, the last thing that we're going to talk about here today is uh, as a comparison of salvation in Christianity and salvation in Islam. Now, for Christians, you know, we believe that Jesus is the only way for salvation. Now, while we're, we are encouraged to do good works, and if you listen to Monday's podcast, we talked about how we aren't saved by good works, but we're saved to good works, the Bible rejects outright the possibility of earning salvation through the law or through works. Uh, Christianity holds that somebody is justified before God and thus blameless for their sin when they receive and accept the gospel. Further, uh, salvation in Christianity is recognized as a free gift from God to mankind. It's a free gift, and a free gift, of course, cannot be earned, and that's Romans 6.23. Some other key verses that would support this belief that we have regarding salvation, uh, John 3.18, whoever believes in, in him, in Jesus, is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, and of course, that is Jesus. Acts 13.39 says, Through Jesus, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. Romans 3.26 says, uh, basically, uh, God offered Jesus as a sacrifice for, uh, for, quote, the demonstration of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the in him being Jesus with the holy spirit of promise. Now, let's contrast that with the Islamic view. Salvation for the Muslim uh, is is basically arbitrary. Allah has the freedom to pick and choose exactly who will and who will not receive his grace and forgiveness. There is a heavy, heavy emphasis in Islam uh, as a result of that belief in doing good works in hopes that the good that somebody does outweighs the bad in the final judgment. There is no sacrifice for one's sins because we are all responsible for everything and anything we do. So, and that's why there's, you know, such an emphasis on good works in Islam. That's why they have the five, uh, the five pillars of their faith. But I should make note of the fact that there is one exception to this view in Islam. In Islam, they believe that anyone, whether they have done a bunch of good or a bunch of evil in their life, anyone who dies in the midst of committing jihad, uh, and that is service to God um, or war or physical combat in the name of God, 
Anybody who dies in the name of jihad has assured themselves a spot in paradise. And some key verses to uh, to support this. Surah 23 verses 102 through 103 say, On the day of judgment, they whose balances shall be heavy with good works shall be happy. But they whose balances shall be light are those who shall lose their souls and shall remain in hell forever. Surah 2 verse 284 says, Whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth is Allah's. And whether you manifest what is in your minds or hide it, Allah will call you to account according to it. Then he will forgive whom he pleases and chastise whom he pleases. And Allah has power over all things. Now, that's a scary verse because, you know, there, there's no room for repentance in there. If you repent, well, you're still accountable for the things that you did before that. Uh, Surah 22, ver, uh, verse 78 says, And strive hard in the way of Allah, such as a striving is due to him. He has chosen you and has not laid upon you a hardship in religion, the faith of your father Abraham. In other words, work, strive. You know, it's a totally works-based belief. Uh, Surah 49 verse 17 says, They think that they lay you under an obligation by becoming Muslims. Say, let me not under obligation by your Islam. Rather, Allah lays you under an obligation by guarding you to the faith if you are truthful. So, you know, salvation for Islam is arbitrary. You know, Allah might choose to forgive you. He might not choose to forgive you. You just never know. So obviously, there's just a huge difference between Christianity and Islam. You know, while the end is the same, the means are the opposite. Both result in salvation, but the way of getting salvation are opposite. Muslims have to work for their salvation, and then they still might not get it. Christians don't have to work for their salvation. It's a free gift from God, and we are assured that we cannot lose our salvation. We are assured that there is no condemnation for those in Christ. Read Romans chapter 8. So either it's possible for somebody to earn their salvation, or it's not. And that, again, is the law of the excluded middle. There's no other option. Either somebody can earn their salvation, or it's impossible to earn your salvation. So, as we've seen here, I think it's it's sufficiently been demonstrated that the Christian and Islamic religions are just, they're entirely different from one another. While they both have some beliefs which are similar, uh, which both religions affirm, such as, you know, monotheism, there are a number of central, crucial doctrinal differences between the two, you know, in, in each of these aspects, whether it's God, the human condition, or salvation. They are completely at opposite ends. They are not consistent with each other. They don't fit with each other. And thus, it is impossible for somebody to be both Christian and Islam. And President Bush was, you know, making a totally erroneous statement when he said that Muslims worship the same God as Christians. While we both worship monotheistic gods, Allah is obviously not the same as God the Father. So to answer the question, are Christianity and Islam compatible? You know, it's clear that they're not compatible at all. And hopefully this answers some questions for you guys regarding the compatibility between Christianity and Islam. Let's end this with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, the more we learn about other gods, the more thankful we are, Lord, that you are the sovereign God of the universe. And the more thankful we are for what you've given us. We thank you, Lord, that you have loved us enough that you want everybody to come to you. 
And so, Lord, we pray for Muslims today who don't know you, who believe that they know you, but they're worshiping a false god. We just pray, Lord, that you would enable us to reach out in our community to the Muslims around us for your glory, Lord, that they might come to know you. Lord, I pray that this message would be crystal clear to everybody who's listening, to anybody who might wonder whether you are compatible with this other false god. I just pray, Lord, that you would show them your love and show them your power. We love you, Father, and we thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the chance to learn more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now again, I don't want you guys to miss next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about some ways to to reach Muslims, and we're going to be talking about some objections that Muslims have to our faith and how to counter those objections. So be sure to tune in next week when we have a very special guest. We're going to do an interview format. Uh, if you have any questions about that, you know, email them to me, and we will we'll try to work those into the podcast. I am so sorry that this went a little bit longer than I was expecting, but uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll see you guys next week.